0: Man, we started recording right there. That's so many stuff. So many I'm stuff. Cold, I'm into this cold open idea where we just we just dive right into it because there's no reason After, not yeah. to. After um, you spent hours putting together that like clip thing that we
1: ran for like four or five weeks.
0: Yes, correct. That I was just sitting there like laughing like a maniac as I was watching and listening to this, this masterpiece that I was putting together, and then the next thing I know. You know, I I, just—I like the cold open life. I like the way the cold open feels. It really just kind of pushes us. It pushes us to be better from the beginning. And this is the second week in a row that we've gotten you saying something bizarre to begin the cold open. So, hello, my name is Joe. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Murphy. And it is... 3 days after the draft, 2 days after the draft. Well, when you're listening to this, it'll be at least 3 days after the draft. Yeah, and oh boy, we got some thoughts.
1: Uh we have
0: A lot of thoughts. Um before we talk uh, about anything, before we get into the nitty-gritty, before we really dig into anything that has to do with anything. Michael, are you happier today with the state of the rangers than you were the last time we podcasted. Nope. Really? No. Nope. Are you more upset? No. You're I'm just, just, the just the filled same.
1: with uh I'm just filled with skepticism. Like I had a long talk with uh my brother Patrick today about the draft. And because uh, we, you know, we've we've had a couple days to digest it. He and I both went to the draft party at MSG at the the Hulu Theater. How was that? And it was really interesting. The the reaction from you know, I don't know how many people are there. I'm terrible at that stuff. Like, what's 500 people look like? What does a thousand people look like? It, you know, from the hundreds of people that were there, the reaction to Kravstov was very just like ah. Uh... It was like you know, it was a couple hundred people just being like, Wah! and then a lot of people left after that, which was uh, shocking. I think it met, in many ways it kind of it sums it up, which is, you know, everyone wanted Wallstrom when he's still there on the board, and then Kravstov. Um, I've since warmed a little bit to the Kravstov pick. I've definitely warmed to Kandre Miller, but we can get to that later. But overall, the the thing was fun. Uh, you know, it was just kind of like the broadcast that they did, and
0: Adam Graves was there. Um, yeah, yes, you met all these people. Did you tell one of them about Blue Shirt Panther? Uh, I talked
1: to Steve Alaket.
0: Yeah, about Blue Shirt uh, well, Panther. Well, so he, yeah, right? He, did he know who you were at least?
1: He said he did, but I think he was just being very nice, which is
0: which doesn't nice. surprise
1: me because I don't think that Steve Alaket made time I, for. Everyone like he he wasn't just signing pictures like signing pucks and posing for pictures. He was talking to everyone, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? The world needs more Steve Valakette."
0: Right. I think Vallaquette is a friend of both the website and the podcast, so um, he may he, actually know very who nice you are. Man. Um, I doubt it. I don't know who he I knows. am. No one does. Uh, I will say this: I was. I'm happier today than I was on. Whenever we did the podcast last week, Wednesday, why? I definitely have some questions. Some things happened that really confused me, and we're going to get into that. Mostly, it was the very particularly bizarre. You like that way that the Rangers went about business on Saturday, this, the second to seventh round of the draft. I, I just, yeah, I agree. It's very hard That's to find things, any uh, type of logic. It um, didn't start off good, Joe. But the Rangers didn't screw up Friday. They did the right thing so. Friday, and that was the most important day because they had three first-round draft picks. And I think I was disappointed that Wallstrom wasn't taken, but Krav, what is it? Kravstav, Kravstav. I thought it was Kravstav. 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 I'm doing it. Elite prospects so that oh, see, oh, that's awful. What they awful? won't let you. Uh, I think you need a premium account now to listen to the. Ah, uh, baloney. To listen to the. Yeah. So, what are we saying? It's Kravstov?
1: Yeah, just stick with something. Kravstov? I mean, we apologize. It goes that saying. We don't uh, pretend but, to be masters of pronunciation here. No, we are not. We've heard us try to, to say the word. Pronunciation. Particularly. We Kravst- do our best. I'm
0: just going to say Kravstov. That's Kravst- fine. It's very. It's very awful, off from of New York to but go ahead. Yeah, Kravstov. It, uh I didn't really – listen, I wanted them to take Wallstrom. I knew he was on their radar, though, and I knew the Rangers – I think I put in my draft grades. I was tipped off um, a few months ago. At the Rangers were very, very heavily scouting Kraftstoff and were very interested in him. I just didn't know how high he was on their list. Jeff Gordon claimed that he was the second-ranked forward on their draft board. You don't need to talk me into the talent. The Rangers didn't pick necessarily who I would have picked at the spots that they selected. But the Rangers swung for talent three times in the first round. They sw- Kravstov could end up being one of the better players in this draft class. No one has ever had a more productive playoffs in the KHL at his age. And he beat Kuznetsov's record. And Kuznetsov was 20 when he had nine points, I think, in 12 games. And yeah. Kravstov was 18 when he had 11 points in 16 games. The Rangers compared the two of them. In my draft day grades, I did a, a brief comparison of the two in terms of points. And Kuznetsov had 54 points in 23 under-17 games in Russia, which is uh, a U-17 league, like a junior league for them. And that's incredible. Though It's like almost two points a game. Krovstov had 40 points in 32 games in the same U-17 league. But the difference is Kuznetsov was 17 when he put up his numbers. Krovstov was 15 turning 16. So you look at the offense that Krovstov has had through his career in Russia and it is very hard not to see a quality NHL player. He's a shoot first, he's a shoot first player, which the Rangers desperately need. Um, he's a right winger, he has size, he has playmaking ability. They are swinging for elite talent. Would I have liked Wallstrom? Yes, I, I think. I've sort of bought into this tinfoil hat conspiracy theory that his numbers are a little bit inflated because a is playing on one of the best you know developmental programs the United States has ever put out and two he was on a line directly with Jack Hughes who was going to be the first round pick next year and it is just it's hard not to imagine that he wouldn't impact him positively because if you're an opposing team you're definitely focusing on Hughes instead of focusing on Wallstrom and for Wallstrom to be the second guy down that list listen like I said tinfoil hat Wallstrom may go on to be a very good NHL player I would expect him to to be that type of player for the Islanders but the Rangers, this is not like picking McIlrath. This isn't even like picking Anderson, which is you know down the fairway. Let's just keep it straight. We're going to take you know a player who has limited upside, but we think that he's a better bet to be a player in the NHL, which is exactly what Anderson is, and that's fine. Kravstov has elite-level talent, game-breaking talent, maybe more talent than Wallstrom has. The Rangers do like making their bets on players who play in professional leagues at a younger age. And I didn't have to be talked into this being a good move. Uh, obviously, you have some different thoughts, but I'll, I'll let you talk on this now.
1: Well, yeah, I definitely warmed to it. You know, when I I purposefully didn't look at anything for a day in terms of draft analysis and and what people thought, and then I over the last two days, I kind of you know sunk my teeth into things and and looked through it, and you know. It, he was the guy who really moved up the board the most um, in Mackenzie's uh, last prospect ranking before the draft, because of, as you mentioned, that that crazy playoffs he had. And you know, when you look at what you know, just like is you know his elite, you know his elite prospects profile page, and he checks off so many boxes. He's freaking huge. Uh, he can shoot. We heard Gordy Clark say that. You know, he sees him almost like a JT Miller kind of player. You know, but then he also says, you know, there's been so many comparisons. Also, as you mentioned, the the Kuznetsov comparisons, and you know, if that's it, if that's what the Rangers wanted to do here, is take away, you know, the idea that he's the second best forward prospect in the draft. I'm not sure I swallow that down without making
0: a face. Like that to me is. Uh, It's a bit of a stretch. Um, Let me ask you this, though. Would it upset you more to know that that's the truth, or would it upset you more to know that the Rangers, that he was probably their third-rated forward, right? And Zadina didn't fall to them, so they didn't have to make the decision, and they just say it, like, hey, he was the second-rated forward on our board. Because I will be honest with you. My opinion of Kravstoff as a prospect wouldn't change, right? Because it, he is who he is no, regardless is of who the yeah, Rangers pass for him. My
1: but my it, frustration is obviously not with the draft picks themselves. It's the, the strategy and the reasoning and the logic behind where you take guys you know, when you take them and, and why. The, wh- how does the thought process work where you say, all right, we could have Wallstrom. Um, and in many ways, Wallstrom feels like, you know he's not too dissimilar um, from Krawcza, and that he's a lot of offensive upside. There's a lot of talk about Wallstrom being kind of one-dimensional, um, and there's some you know lesser talk. We don't hear that as much with Kravstov. but the the bottom line is is we don't have as much you know as as kind of an extended look at uh, Vitaly Krawcza as we have had. At Wallström, in terms of even even Gordy Clark said, you know, the player he saw in November, versus the player he saw, you know, closer to the draft, is just is a, like a, a, a like a switch got flipped or something. And to me, that is that is like exciting for like, wow, this kid's hitting a stride. But it's also like, hey, this kid could just kind of be on a hot streak, or you know, he could just be, you know, kind of reaching a level of his game. And then we don't know what he looks like over the course of his season. And, and you know, it, it's the draft, so there's always risk involved. And like you said, this is a swinging for the fences pick. And when you look at just all the periphery stuff with him, it's like, yeah, he fits into everything the organization likes. He's Supposedly he's a great character kid, which is weird because we don't often hear that. With uh, We don't hear scouts and analysts use that word. With the, especially Russian players, it's you know with the kind of bizarre xenophobia there is for for prospects that are not you know kind of good old Canadian or American boys. But we have heard that with him, which is you know it's it's clear that was a priority for the Rangers, and it you know what else they did in this draft made also made that pretty clear. But I don't hate this pick, Joe. Like I've this is the pick I feel like I've I've managed to talk myself into saying. This is fine. Like I, I like that this is the prospect they went with. I like that they had a, a game plan and they went with it. Um, in terms of, you know, the, this is what they wanted. You know, even if they like, even if they didn't really believe he's the second highest uh, forward in the draft. But I just I worry about well, if thirty if thirty different teams think otherwise, and what is the Rangers' track record with? drafting forwards really um, and i know it's complicated by the fact that they haven't had any freaking draft picks to work with but especially not in the higher end stuff but uh i i i, add, I am naturally skeptical and i think that's that's only to be expected you know all things considered
0: yeah i don't like i said i, I would have been much harder to swallow had they have passed on zadina and again that has nothing to do with the prospect that the Rangers got. I don't mind that they passed on Wallstrom. I think Wallstrom would have been the better choice, but they've watched these kids a lot more than I have, and I am certainly yeah. willing to to bow at their decision-making there. I agree with you. I think saying uh, uh, Kravstov was our number two rated forward is a little bit of a game because it would have been much harder to swallow if they passed on Zadina. I think it would have completely... Uh, look we had a thought process that Kraftstoff was going to be around in the teens and it became yeah, very 19 apparent that, that was
1: the first thing they said on the broadcast was we had him at number 19 so this is a well, bit bob, of a bob
0: had him a reach. at 12 yeah and it depends on who like nhldraft.com i think had him at Uh, 11 or so, some of the mock drafts that the NHL guys did and the different columnists did had him in the top 15. It became very apparent to the Rangers that he was not going to be available for any type of a trade down, and that's okay. It's okay for the Rangers to go get their guy, and uh, Ke'Andre Miller, who we'll talk about in a bit, he's another one that the Rangers confirmed somehow, I would love to know how, that the Ducks were going to take him at 23, so they had to jump up and get him at 22, and I don't I don't mind it. I don't I'm not I don't, I don't think the Rangers are gonna regret not drafting Wallstrom because even if Wallstrom is a good player, even if Wallstrom is a great player, Croftstoff has an elite level skill set, and the Rangers are taking their bet with him, and I'm totally fine with that. This is not if they would have drafted, an Anderson-esque pick instead of Wallstrom, I would be scorching yeah, the. Yeah, I'd be right a lot. But they'd be didn't. a lot
1: more upset. Yeah, that's that's they fair didn't. to say.
0: I I for as negative as I am on what the Rangers did on Saturday, I don't think the Rangers could have had a much better day on Friday. I really don't. I think if they take Wallstrom instead of Krafst off, the draft doesn't get. Any better because they're both elite level talents. It just becomes a little bit of a more comfortable feeling. There's definitely more of a risk in what the Rangers did. Um, But I love the K Andre Miller pick and I love the Niles Lundquist pick. And let's, we may as well jump into there. So the Rangers somehow confirmed that Anaheim was going to grab Miller with the 23rd overall pick. The Rangers traded the 48th and 26th round pick for the 22nd. I don't love that trade. I don't love giving up a second-round pick to move up four spots in the draft. There were going to be players who were available who were better than Ke'Andre Miller or just as good as Ke'Andre Miller. Um, The Blues jumped up to grab Dominic Bach at 25, so safe to say that that wouldn't have been available for them. But there were players on the board who were going to be there when that pick was made. And that was how I felt the day of the draft. After Friday... When I did more research on K. Andre Miller, I am totally fine with the direction the Rangers moved in and the decision that they made to just go all out and get their guy. Because what the Rangers basically did was they looked at all of the players that were going to be picked, really from, call it the, the 20th overall pick on. And they said, we need to figure out which player has the best upside. And honestly... From pick twenty-two for the rest of the draft, I don't think there is a player who is more boom or bust than Ke'Andre Andre Miller. And if that's the direction that the Rangers are going in, and that's the direction we begged the Rangers to go in, then this is a pick that you cannot even be remotely upset with. That's so the reason everyone the loved metrics, the
1: loved the Heedle pick last year. It's because you right. you and, swing and
0: you swing for the fences. Look at how well that's turned out. Honestly. The so Mitch Brown does tracking metrics, and Miller had was in the highest percentile almost across the board in offense, shot rates, neutral zone, defense at least from a controlled entry prevention standpoint, from controlled exit standpoint. There is not a better athlete in the draft than Keandre Miller. There isn't the rub with Keandre Miller is that he's a forward to defenseman convert that has only played the position for two years and he's playing on one of the most stacked developmental programs that we've ever seen like we talked about with wallstrom and if i'm going to make the comment that wallstrom's offense may have been helped by this group of talent i have to make the comment about miller as well but what really piques my interest in the years that they've tracked this data at this level of hockey Miller had the highest recorded primary points per 60 at even strength with 2.4. So that's 2.4 primary points per 60 minutes at 5v5. The next highest player ever recorded was Adam Fox, who had 1.6. In the grades article, I put up a, a chart that shows adjusted points per game versus a player's age. And Ke'Andre Miller has just a few less points than John Carlson did at their age, and Miller's younger. Ke'Andre Miller has the ceiling of being a number one legitimate, like, just everything you could ever ask for defenseman. Absolute boomer bust. He also has the potential to maybe bottom out as a bottom pair of defensemen if he makes the NHL at all. Miller has the physical gifts, the physical tools. This is definitely a player with the size that the Rangers covet, only this time he has the skill to go along with it. And the bet is that he is going to be a better defenseman next year in his third year of playing the position. Because if he's this good now while still learning how to play defense and how to join the rush and how to do all the things that he has to do, Imagine what he's going to be like in the NCAA when he figures everything out, and he will be playing at Wisconsin as a freshman next year. And I am almost more excited about Keandre Miller than I am Krovstov. Mike, what are your thoughts on this?
1: That's kind of where I am too. My, oh, want are agreeing I with wanted, everything. I wanted to start off by saying, like, I went back and listened to all the the post draft interviews and everything uh, to prepare for tonight's show. Uh, because unlike you, I prepare for the show, and you are I such a son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I've been night nice and I've, I, I gotta knock you down every. You gotta see the mud. You gotta know what's in the mud, Joe. Um, but he, I I don't think you could have picked a better character guy, than than Miller. And I wanted to start by saying that because I was blown away by. Just the way that he talked, you know, how his relationship with his mother and how his his focus is like, I want to, you know, I want to do everything I can to, like, reward the sacrifices my, you know, my single mother made for me in my life. And, like, towards the end of one of his interviews, he was just saying, I can't wait to, like, you know go to the city and volunteer for community things work with the community and community service and stuff it's like we, you don't hear prospects talk like that like that is just that's the sort of stuff that you, you get glassy eyed and you smile ear to ear you're like this kid is special and when you add that to the fact that he's a super athlete because by all accounts he is like Gordy Clark was explaining you know he Plays wide receiver, you know, he's made this transition and it is interesting, Joe, the the point you made about, you know, expect him to play his position better in his third year, there wasn't that much criticism necessarily about his play defensively. It was like the the offensive aspects of his game might not have been where you want to see it for, for a guy who was like a converted forward but I I found I definitely don't love the price they paid because coughing up the second round pick to move up just a few picks, as you mentioned, is, is a pretty steep price. But again, this is another example here in this draft. It's picks one and two of the Rangers had their eye, had their guy, they had their eye on him, and they said, we're taking him. And I don't, maybe they made like a duck blind or something to, to figure out what the hell Anaheim was going to do, but, you know, uh, would they be better off getting, you know, Taking you know uh, Bodie Wild or something, and and then using that second round pick for an, for maybe another winger or something, because obviously they they didn't take another forward until the fifth round, I think. So yeah, but see, I'm a, a different. Uh, you can debate uh, that, but I'm f- I'm fine with this. I am fine with this.
0: I'm of a different mind. I if honestly, there was there is no better boomer bust pick that deep in the draft. And if the Rangers, with the plethora of picks that the Rangers had, it's a steep price to pay yes. I don't love paying it yes, but I love the selection of Miller. So, my issues with the Rangers making this adjustment and this trade is going to be what we're going to talk about when it comes to the second round of the draft, which is if you did trade the second round pick to get to 22, you don't take a goalie at 39. But God damn let's, it! You don't let's, do it. Let's move. We're gonna get back to that. So, Keandre Miller, I gave him an, an A. I think an A or an A minus in my draft grades. I gave off an A. Um, I really, I honestly really like those two picks. The Rangers may not be getting players that we want. I would have loved Dominic Bach at twenty-two. He's really the only other player I think I would have been more happy with than Keandre Miller. But for a defenseman. K. Andre Miller's tool set is t- it's just it's too good to pass up on and I get why the Rangers did what they did I, and I'm here for that type of a risk um, 28th pick comes around L- Lindquist? Lundquist is it Lund it's lundquist yeah he's Lundquist I don't think it's Lund- Lundquist, though because there's a DK it is. it's Lundquist. it's all the same. Uh, I guess Lundqvist, Lindqvist, and Lundqvist. Um, I like this pick a lot because it's the safest of the three picks the Rangers made in the first round. But this is a twenty, or excuse me, this is a seventeen-year-old player who played a significant amount of games in the SHL. I mean, we're talking twenty-eight games in the SHL and then two playoff games. Those guys don't grow on trees. He dominated the super elite league. We talked to some scouts who thought that his two way game may be better than Adam Boquist, who was the sixth overall or the eighth overall pick in the NHL draft. You go for Swedes when you're in the draft and you're looking for guys who are fundamentally sound, who have everything put together. It's just a, a positive stereotype. They're always good. And he projects to be a mobile puck moving defenseman who can join the rush. Uh, I, again, you lose a little bit on the upside with a guy like Lundquist, but there's a little bit more of that safe bet. This kid's already pr- prowling a blue line in the SHL. There's no way he's men. not going to be on the SA, in the NHL locker room, you know, within the next three or four years. And he's 17. He will not be 18 until a month from today. So think about that for a minute. Just like we talked about Heatel's age and how much Heedel was able to do in the Czech Pro League as a seventeen year old, that's what Lundqvist is doing, except it's in the SHL.
1: And he's five and, and you know, a lot of people say, Oh, he's he's under six foot, he's five five eleven. But to me that makes his play against men all the more exceptional. He's not getting by in his size. When you when you're playing against men at that level, at that age and you're 5'11, you're relying on skill and skating ability especially as a defender. And this the, the other thing to point out is Keandre Miller is a left a lefty D and uh, Lunquist is a righty D. So th- there is a nice feeling there like maybe, you know, Lundqvist it's highly unlikely he's going to end up being like a first pair guy, but he'll be he can very comfortably be that second pair guy and I I love the pick in the context of the Miller pick because you know it's the boomer bust but you, it's too tantalizing to say no with Miller and all the intangibles are there it's all it's everything's great you, you know that there's risk involved but ah, it doesn't matter whereas Lundquist is just like this feels like uh, almost like the the the, the Leas Anderson situation but just much later in the draft obviously which makes it so much more palatable it's yeah this is yeah. a guy who we know can be a pro hockey player on the blue line. And, yeah, he's a little undersized, but he plays on the right side, which adds a lot of points to his value. He can skate, play the two-way game. He's so young, and that's why, he, of all the first-round picks, naturally, he's the one getting talked about the least for the Rangers, and it's not surprising he went last, and there wasn't any kind of you know controversy or a trade or... You know, flying off the board to get him, but I I am very happy with this pick. This pick felt fine to me, and you know, later in the draft we can talk about our kind of general takeaways because so many D Joe, but I was really fine with this one.
0: So much D, overwhelmed with the D. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know what happened. From Friday to Saturday, because I really thought the Rangers had such a good day on Friday. And again, if the Rangers are going to screw up a day, let it be Friday or let it be Saturday, because you know picks round two through whatever. But the Rangers just—I I, I don't know what happened when the Can Rangers the selection. I want to go on a, rant? a, wanna go on a you, rant. Yeah, you want to go on a rant now? Yeah. Okay, rant. I mean, you,
1: you've been in, you've been in like introducing all these, I just want to talk about the, the Lindblom pick. I want to make this very clear. I don't dislike Olaf Lindbohm. He seems like a sweet young man. So, Olaf and he has is got also a, a great name. It's, it is a hell of a name, I was just about to say. It, it, for a goalie especially, that's a hell of a goalie name, Olaf Lindbohm. I mean, it's a, it, it's, it's a five-star goalie name, but we... You, the rangers joe that they took a goalie who was considered by many to be like the the fifth or sixth best goalie out of europe the european goalie prospects this was the first goalie off the board um this was a player who when the rangers drafted him there were definitely some guys still on the board that we're in positions of need for the Rangers. And I, I told you before the show, I really liked your draft grade article. If you haven't read it, folks, you should. Joe does a good job with the, with the writing. The grammar, not so much, but the actual content is always very good. Can't your be good at boy, everything. boy, Joe.
0: And I, uh, well, I love you, too. let me... I'm going to let you continue. I'm not, rant, I'm not
1: nearly done with my rant, but... You but I need to,
0: you to emphasize your point. Ryan okay. McLeod, Bode Wild, and Akil Thomas... Were all ranked yeah. in Adam and Blue Shirt Banter's top thirty-one picks, right? And in most every draft board, those were first-round draft picks. The Rangers passed on all three of them at thirty-nine. You can continue, and that's that's what makes this so frustrating. Because
1: going into this draft, it was it's very obvious the Rangers' greatest positions in need. It's like, all right, well, we need to find scoring wingers, um, and we need to find. Defense, because that's where the the prospect pipeline is 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 at its most shallow, and coming out of that first round, Joe, we have the forward at nine, and then we have the two D uh, drafted in the twenties, with uh, Miller and Lundquist. and now early second round, you take Lindblom, who, by all accounts, is is not the best goalie on anyone's like prospect ranking except for Gordy Clark and the Rangers and of course you know Benoit Lair is excited about it but when I was talking to my brother about this earlier today you could give Benoit Allaire like a scarecrow filled with like snakes that move around you know sporadically and just randomly and he would make like a, a third string goaltender yeah he you give him any kind of clay, and he'll give you something. Is my point. And I don't, I just don't get. This is not a position of need for the Rangers. You have, you have Shosturkin. You have, you know, you know, you're going to have Hank one way or another for a couple more years. And, and the logic that we heard from, yeah, and, and there's and there's Gorgiev, and and he's proven to be like, yeah, he could very comfortably be. A guy who steps into the, the backup role, and he's still very young. And I also think it, it's worth noting, because this is a positive thing, the Rangers are very good at looking to Europe and finding guys like, you know, like Georgiev, and, and you know, like we saw with uh, Michael Lindquist, and um, what was it? Oh, my God, the other European Ford, Mitnen. Um And they're they're great at doing that. And in many ways, I feel like it's smart to, to look for goalies, in that situation, because we do it, it makes everyone wince when you take a goalie in the first or second round of the draft. The the top rated goalie, Joe, of this draft, Olivier Rodrigue, Oilers took him in the with the last pick of the second round. So why the hell, Joe, did the Rangers think they had to take Lindbohm at thirty nine? And that's what makes me. Nervous overall, really. It's the confusion factor of, like, the Rangers have their book, they have their guys, right? The, uh, to hell with everyone else's analysis, scouting reports. Our scouts say, this is our guy. And like you did in your your, uh, your report card for the draft, when, when we look at Bohm's numbers and just kind of get get an idea of what he looks like now, and again, trying to figure out what a goalie looks like at 17 years old is really really hard and that's an important thing to note here. he just turned 17 on July 23rd but they're not facing shots from men and he had a very good world Juniors as you pointed out. He had in six games he had a 949 save. but for Jew Gardens for the, the Super Elite League in 20 games he had an 897 save percentage and that's kind of concerning he's not a big goalie he's 6-1 um, he he feels it's not like he's an unremarkable goaltending prospect he is there's definitely something there he and you know he's, in your story you said the people you talked to they all said yeah you know he's pretty good he just went way way too high and that's that's the feeling this is just feels like it's a wasted pick this is an opportunity where they could have addressed a position of need like wing and Or D, and maybe not go wild and make the mis- what I feel like was another mistake they made in the fourth round. But this is just, I don't know, Joe. I'm, I have so many feelings about this. This was a bad idea.
0: It was a bad idea, and it's an even worse idea when you realize that the Rangers, like, you passed on all that first-round talent. And the last, so since the lockout, the Rangers have drafted two other goalies in the second round. 2014, Brandon Halverson. That worked out. 2007, Antonio LeFleur. Or Antoine? Antoine LeFleur. Uh, neither Don't of them. Him. I literally no. have never heard that Lefleur, name LeFleur, by the way, like the thing that the beat reporters threw out there was, oh, Benoit Alaire was thrilled that the Rangers got Limbaugh. Alaire literally demanded the Rangers draft LeFleur in 2007. And it's so difficult to evaluate a goalie like that. The best goalie in the Rangers' system, Shest was taken 118th overall. Huska, Wall were 7th and 6th round picks. Skapsky was a 6th round pick. You, yes, there's some misses there, but you genuinely get talent for goaltending in the later rounds because it's so hard to judge them. So if the Rangers really loved Limbaum that much... You take the first round talent on the board at 39 and you try to find a way to trade into the second round. And if you can't and he gets taken, so be it. It is what it is. I so love that it. he's the, you know, the number 1 goalie on the Rangers board. I would hope so since he was the first goalie taken, but the Rangers have this pattern of reaching for goaltenders in the the upper limits of the draft that just it doesn't make sense because it doesn't work. You're not always going to get Lundqvist in the seventh round. I get that. But you have Georgiev in the farm right now. Yorkin is coming over next year. You do, Goaltending is not a, a priority. And I get that it doesn't mean you don't take a goalie if you think he's worth it because you never know. I just don't understand taking a goalie now with all the talents falling. It, it just didn't make sense. And honestly, for me it set the tone for the entire rest of the draft because I really would have did. been yeah. perfectly fine with the rest of the Rangers' picks, Sands 1, which I will get into later, had they have taken Wild or Wise or Thomas or McLeod with that 39th pick. Had they have done that, Gordy Clark... or Clark could have done whatever he wanted. He could have done whatever he wanted. Who cares? You have four first-round talents taken with your first four picks. But to reach for a goalie, I, especially there, the I just The Canucks drafted don't... before the
1: Rangers there. The Red Wings, the Panthers, These are t- the, the Sabres. These are all teams that need a goalie so bad. I don't get it. And they yeah, said, don't... no, I'm going to take the guy who should have been taken in the first round because as much as we might need a goalie. Uh, we know that this guy is good. That's why the Panthers took Sarah Noel. You know, that's why uh, Canucks took Wu. Like, uh,
0: this is the sort of... Uh, this is not too hard. They could have had McCown. Jonathan Berggren, it's just... It's awful. It's awful. The decision-making is awful. Um, I don't... You know, we don't have to go through pick by pick now. Uh, but I wanted to say
1: one more thing to you, Joe. Sure. Is the Gorton explained, like... We know that goalies get valuable, right? They become value. Goalies carry more value kind of in the trade
0: market. He was kind but of do explaining. They? The, it's a buyer's the, market. I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, we that, we gave Ronta away. We literally gave him away. He was a throw-in.
1: And now he's, he, he, he's a starting goaltender. Uh, Talbot. And the Rangers didn't get that much. Yeah, and the Rangers didn't get enough from Talbot. It's, it's like what what's the left? It's lesson a buyer's here. market. Yeah.
0: It is a buyer's market for goaltending. It do, maybe you think the landscape is gonna shift enough that you're you're suddenly looking five years down the road and you're trying to be ahead of it, but that's a hell of a risk to pass on a first round talent at thirty nine. For an organization that does not have elite talent in the farm system. And I'm not saying Weiss or McLeod or Thomas... It's just so um, risky. Or, ...or Wilds were going to break the bank and become amazing. But there is top six upside or top pairing upside to all yeah, of those if players. This,
1: if Lindbaum doesn't become an NHL goaltender, this will this will look like a god-awful pick in five mm-hmm. years or so. Like, it looks like a the god-awful sort of pick, pick now. I know, but like... If, if we're trying to be as fair and lenient as possible, which is all good, but, like, this is this is a real... And my my whole thing with, if you ask me at the top of the show, do I feel better or worse than I did? And I said worse, and the reason is, like, this is that you can't... If you're the Rangers, you can't goof up this draft. They did fine in the first round. I really think they did fine. And obviously that's the most important round. But part of the cost of doing fine in the first round was that they gave up a second round pick. And so they only had one pick in the second, and they took a freaking goalie. And that is a pretty big problem to me. And that's why one of the main reasons why I came away from the draft feeling like, yeah, that they didn't do a great job. And I like a lot of the prospects they got, but I also have big problems with how they landed them and and the price they paid and decisions that were made
0: well i felt i felt like it was a wasted opportunity in the second round but again the opportunity to screw up was in saturday's draft friday the rangers did the right thing i walked away from friday thinking the rangers probably couldn't have done a better job if they had wanted to that everything kind of fell their way and that did they take risks yes Did they really take a risk at nine? Yes, but they went for talent at the very least. And the strategy, I totally see that being a a logical strategy that the Rangers made with nine, 22, and 28. The issue is at 39, you can't take a goalie. And then from that point forward, the Rangers drafted for quote-unquote value. Gordy Clark said, uh, or actually I think it was Mm. Jeff Gordon, said the Rangers went for value on day two, which they did. I mean, Jacob Ragnarsson... Um, you know, Laurie. Oh God, I'm going to butcher this. Paginemi, um, are value picks. Like those are guys who may make it to the NHL. Joey Keene, I think, is a little bit more upside. He's an overage, but he had some great underlying numbers for the Rangers. Nico Gross is a player the Rangers like because he's a leader and because he's big. He is not an NHL defenseman. I have no idea why. I don't like that. The pick Rangers at all. thought he, he was one. And I
1: like Swiss hockey. Uh, I, I always yeah, I like, Swiss like World oh, World. he's and Swiss, is... that's fun, I'll and give I don't you, like this.
0: I'll give you my reasoning on this. Nico Gross came from the second, the B League of Swiss hockey, so NLB instead of NLA, and he went from that to the OHL, and as an 18-year-old, he put up like 14 points in 68 games, you need, if you're playing against men, the transition to teenagers should be better than that. Um, Riley Hughes, which was the last pick that the Rangers made, I really liked. There was a sleeper pick. Um, that was fun. He's a guy who's going to go to Northwestern. He's out of high school right now. Somebody who I think even Corey Pronman was saying was one of his favorite sleepers in the entire draft. The Rangers made a similar pick with Tyroning last year or two years ago. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. At the USHL prep level, he had 21 goals in 30 games and 36 points. So he's going to Northeastern, and everything should be fine. I think he's going to be in the USHL next year and then go to Northeastern 2019-2020. So he's a bit more of a project, but that's fine. The pick that I would love to annihilate right now, and I'm going to go all in here, is the Rangers' sixth-round pick of Simon... Hellberg, who is a son of one of the Rangers' European scouts. He, but they didn't draft Chris Drury's nephew, Joe. This I, – I again, it's – I don't want to go all in on an 18-year-old because it's – or a 17-year-old kid who uh, – he well, didn't maybe. do anything wrong. But this is uh, – the Rangers, like, either they think we're morons – or they genuinely value a player who, at, if everything goes the way that he would want it to, will be a decent depth NHL, or excuse me, AHL defenseman. This is a, We spoke to a scout who works for an NHL team who watched Cal Berg a lot this year, and he called it a wasted pick. Uh, The Rangers left Liam Kirk, who is the uh, explosive English player who is currently playing in England. I think the first English player ever drafted Um, on the board. They left Nikolai Kovalenko, who is a, a high upside Russian draft pick. And, again, it's the sixth round. You're not going to get any sure things, but you can get guys yeah. with more upside. You will never hear about Kelber- Helberg again. Kelberg? Shelberg? Helberg? Shelberg. After probably. this podcast is over, we will never talk about him again because you will never hear about him again. I, It's just for a, a group that – here's the thing. If – If Gordon wants to draft for value, that's fine. And the Rangers made a run on defensemen, which is fine. They're more valuable. if They take longer to develop. If the Rangers think they're going to be competitive in two or three years, some of these guys, if they're actually good hockey players, so Lundquist and Miller specifically, um, may turn into NHL defensemen by then. And then you have cost-controlled young NHL defensemen. I get the idea even though the Rangers traded for three new defensemen at the trade deadline and are devoid of really any forward elite talent, fine. But if you're going to pick for value, pick for value. And the Rangers at almost every selection left unbelievable amounts of talent on the board. Riley Hughes taking 216th overall is really the only exception. Every other pick... And Joey Keane at 88, I'll give a pass on because the the underlying numbers are spectacular. But outside of those two picks and outside of the picks the Rangers made on day one, I have nothing good to say about what the Rangers did on day two.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree. I, I, I do think, you know, it's, it's this giant necessary grain of salt, which is... We don't know what happened with this draft until a few years from now. And that's, you know, we have to say that only because I'm sure there are some folks listening to this who are shaking their heads like, what are we getting so worked up about? But I, I wanted to put things into a little more context when I said, like, you can't mess this draft up. This is the New York Rangers. They're not, we have never seen anything, you know, outside of, you know, the curse That would suggest that this organization excels at patience and excels at like, you know, the idea of a rebuild is something they've been pushing away and they've pushed away for as long as I've been alive is just this refusal to accept this is what we have to do. And they said, we're going to do that. And my big takeaway here is they they went into this draft with a plan. They they clearly had guys that they were convinced were the best guys and i feel like that strategy ended up giving them a couple of guys who i think a lot of people agree are good picks i was my problem is the way they went about it and you know what we can infer about the strategy that that kind of unfolded before our eyes and my my big worry joe is that we're going to see this draft Turn into a big wasted opportunity because the other thing I was not devastated that we didn't see Vlad or uh, Spooner traded, but it was a little surprising that on day two they weren't they weren't moved in some way and it certainly didn't help my feelings about things. Well,
0: um, I want to get into that too. Um, okay. Because I do think there's a valid excuse there. The only thing I will say is I'm not as pessimistic about what happened as you are because I, I do agree with you that, that the Rangers missed an opportunity on Saturday. But they did what they should have done on Friday. And 9, 22, and 28 were the most important picks in the draft for them. And they made the right choices there. What... The thing that Mike said that I really want to touch on is how people are probably shaking their heads, and they were shaking their heads at us, you know, the day of the draft. Oh, you're so negative. You're an idiot. Trust Gordy Clark. You know, this is the way that it's supposed to be. Since 2009, here's why this is a big deal. Chris Kreider, Jesper Faust, JT Miller, Brady Shea, and Pavel Buchnevich are the only players to play more than 100 games in the NHL. Since two thousand
1: nine, even with That's the it. asterisk of the Rangers trading away all their picks, it, it, even if you the, scale, oh, well, for that, the only it's the only player
0: are... is Anthony Duclair. He's the only exception because he played. He's, he's still in the NHL right now. He's just not on the Rangers. So throw him into that list. Two thousand and nine. Since two thousand and nine, they have had one, two, three, four, five, six players come out of the draft and play a hundred NHL games.
1: That's a damning number.
0: That's 2009, it's, they, it's they only hit with Kreider. Number. That's it. 2009 was just Kreider. 2010 was just fast. 2011 was just JT Miller. 2012 was just Brady Shea. And then 2013 was Buchnevich and Duclair. And listen, there is an asterisk in that 2014, you know, you yeah. sit there and say, well, sure, nobody's going to play in the NHL. But guess what? 2014, there is not a single player— Outside of Shostyorkin, who has any hope of making it to the NHL. 2015, there is no hope of any of them making it to the NHL except for Alexi Sorella, who is no longer in the system. 2016, you have Ronning Sean Day. That's it. Now the Rangers didn't have a first or second round pick, so again, you know, there's a little bit there. And then obviously 2017, you you hope that the Rangers have something in Anderson, and Heedle and, you know, Skajian, whatever else it may be. But since 2009, you have just five players, six if you include Duclair, who are playing in the NHL right now. And the Rangers had entire years where they basically missed across the board. And this includes... You know, Dylan McElrath, who was taken first overall, a lot of misses in the second and third round. And I think it's because, like Mike said, Rangers. He was first said, round, the Rangers... not first overall. He was 10th overall. Oh, did I say first overall? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I
1: also mumbled Sharapanov in the background. He was uh, 2007, which. Well, was obviously so. Before, if, the, before the window, which means yeah, we don't if have if to. If you want to
0: open this up day. a little bit, and I just. I arbitrarily picked yeah. 2009. So no, let's go. No, let's, I understand, yeah. But let's go to 2005, Okay because let's really open this up and give me one minute. Well, because Gordy's been by. here forever. Correct. Well, he's been here since the lockout. So 2006, it's Anisimov. That's it. 2007 is Carl and was
1: second round. Yeah.
0: That's it. Now, 2007, like Mike said, Sharapanov gets the asterisk because he legitimately could have been one of the best players to play for the New York Rangers. Yeah, we'll never know. He had, he had better numbers than Pavel Bure, Kovalchuk, Ovechkin, You name it. And he tragically passed away. Um, 2008, the Rangers had a a better draft. They had Delzato, Stepan, and Dale Weiss. So that's good. And then we're we're to 2009. So if you include all the way back to 2006 and you look at players who are in the NHL either for the Rangers or for somebody else who have played 100 games or more – you are talking about three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players. Eleven players in twelve years. The Rangers have Not drafted good. and have played in a hundred games or more. I am writing an article about how I think the Rangers might need a fresh breath—a breath of fresh air—in terms of maybe bringing in new leadership to the scouting department. And Michael Silver has actually asked the question throughout his career as director of player personnel with the Rangers, what overall letter grade would you give Gordy Clark? Here's the thing about Clark. We all say you know, in Clark we trust, and oh my god, Clark is the gre- greatest thing in the world. You want to know why? Because he picked Lunquist. And looking at these numbers, it's almost like you don't think about it because, oh, he picked Lunquist, he's got to be good, you know what I mean? Like, oh, the Rangers can't have been that bad, right?
1: Rounds three but, through seven, he's got a good track record. <laughs>
0: Just, but it, does the he, problem is the money. He's route. hit a f- he's hit a few. But yeah, not but really. Many, I don't know if it's he, him or if it's the Rangers drafting for size. You know what I mean? Like the Rangers have made decisions that are are just you I have no idea where they're coming from. I really don't know. The, yeah, that's the...
1: that's what I was talking about earlier. Is I I want to understand the thought process here, and I I shouldn't we shouldn't have been so surprised to see the Rangers kind of do whatever the hell they were going to do, because that's kind of what they've always done, right? That's on draft day they they do what they want to do, and that's often is oftentimes swimming against the current. But I it it is very alarming to me that. You know, I'm sure plenty of people say all oh, the the picks they traded away, but when you look at if you look at the whole picture, the Rangers have utterly failed from an organizational standpoint and from a scouting standpoint to develop their own talent. And I was I literally was talking to my brother today, Joe, about the current roster and how few of those players were Ranger developed. And you know, yes, fast was a super late round pick and it's the rangers haven't been able to find a truly elite player as in a franchise player in the draft outside of henrik lundquist and let's all be honest that was closing your eyes half court shot like that was luck was a gigantic factor in that pick and if you remove the lundquist pick from the equation what are we looking at here you know what i mean it's it's a pretty spooky track record of, of just kind of mediocre success and big misses. A lot of big misses.
0: Uh, I think we get so wrapped up in the, the hits, right? You, you get so wrapped up in the success stories. Booch in the third it's, round? It's, it's easy to overlook... It's easy to overlook what is staring us in the face, which is inevitably that the Rangers have not drafted well. Granted, part of that is the fact that they traded away four first round picks for four years, but we have gone entire drafts. I mean, we looked at the 2014 draft as oh my God, what an absolute disaster that was! What an absolute disaster. You're not going to get anybody out of that draft class. You missed for an entire year. And 2015 looks like it's going to be the same thing. Um, Obviously, there's a caveat that Kovacs had a personal tragedy in his life. He went back home. He walked away. Uh, The Rangers traded Sorella, who would have been a nice grab there. But again, this is all part of that asset management. The Rangers picked Ryan Gropp over players who right now are doing amazing things. Why? Because Gropp was big. I I don't think it's a bad idea to at least think about getting a little bit of a fresh breath into the system. Uh, It's maybe it's just me. I just think it it would make sense, um, you know, for what the Rangers have. Uh,. Now, to the other point that I wanted to make with you, I think part of the reason why Nemestikov, Spooner, and VC never went anywhere is because John Tavares and ultimately Eric Carlson are holding up the market. And teams don't know if they can spend the money on them. You you have to sign Spooner and Nemestikov, and I don't want them to just take a third-year deal. Or a third round deal because they needed to get something. There will be suitors come July second, as soon as everybody knows what's going on with Tavares, you know, Carlson and whatever it may be. Who will then jump in and say, "Okay, we're ready. We're ready to make some type of a deal." And I think that's when you don't just make a trade because you need to get rid of the players. Um, it's been made pretty clear that Spooner is not in the long-term plans. It's been made pretty clear that Nemestikov may or may not be. JT Miller got a five-year, five point two five million dollar deal. I don't see Nemestikov coming anywhere near that, at least from a value standpoint. So I do think the Rangers need to make a decision here. But um, I am expect. I, I can't. I can't get on Gordon for not making a move with them because the reality is until the – and it was just like this at the trade deadline with Ryan McDonough where everybody was talking about Carlson and the Rangers were trying to get people to focus on McDonough. You can't – if that's the landscape of the trade market in that moment, which it was, there's nothing Gordon can do about it. So the worst thing he can do is panic and take a crappy trade because we just have to get these guys out of here. The best thing he can do is sit and wait and keep his options, and I think that's what he did. Mike?
1: I agree. And that's we even heard Gorton say you know, things kind of went according to how he thought there was, but he thought there would be a little more action, like he thought there would be more movement. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was an allusion to specifically the, the market that's potentially there for a Spooner, a VC, or or a Vlad, and you know the the, the, the fair situation and and the Carlson situation are holding things up. You know we we saw John Carlson sign his his monster deal, and that has kind of you know put a greater nice. emphasis on what's going to what's going to be there for the UFAD. i I'm sure Mike Green is going to get paid way too much money, but you know unfortunately the rangers don't have an, a guy they want to move from their boot, I mean, there's guys they'd love to move from their blue line but not guys that are going to get moved um, unless of course they're part of a package deal I, I don't know i i just part of me would have been happier you know if if they did get a pick in the 2018 draft for, for Vlad or spooner or vc just because like let's, if we're doing the rebuild, let's do it. Let's start it now. Let's not get picks for 2019. But of course, that's you know that's kind of an idealistic way to look at it. You know, and, and in many ways, it could be better to spread those picks out across multiple drafts. Um, but I, I worry about the this organization's track record with seeing you know that the cookie they want in free agency and not being able to say no. Cookie um, cookie. It, it's it, it's been a really big problem for the organization for many years and you know even even on draft day Joe you know the TSN broadcasts is, the camera pans to the New York Rangers table and they say there's Glenn Sather and the rest of the Rangers for an office it's not Jeff Gordon, Joe it's Glenn Sather and uh, mm. I feel like th- there is something to be said about that and about Gordy Clark and and all that and again i'm not saying by this this draft wasn't like a monstrous failure i mean you could take that you know that could be impression from listening to us but i just find this draft it raised a lot of questions for me and i i wanted to feel a little better about the prospect pipeline i wanted to feel like there were some more guys with those mid-round picks who could be you know like third line guys or third pairing guys if if the rangers played their cards right and developed players right Because, of course, we know what the history is with this team developing its own prospects. And we know what it's been like in in Hartford. And uh, it's a goddamn
0: mess. All right, Mike. Ready? Rapid fire question time. Boom. Doug Bloomfeld, This is the hardest question. In your perfect ideal world, what are the Rangers' opening night first and second line combos? Let's assume you can play GM and decide on any trades and free agents. Um, I'm not going to speculate on that yet because we can't. Because I have no idea if Spooner is going to be here or if Nemesnikov is going to be here. KBZ. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I will say KZB for sure. And then question mark. At this point, I think Zuccarello is going to be around. um, Kevin Hayes and two wingers. That's my,
1: my second line is Kevin Hayes with two wingers. Probably...
0: I don't even want to say probably.
1: Kevin Hayes with two wingers.
0: One, two. Roasted. Alex Khalifa, what percentage chance do you give the Rangers to make the playoffs? 3%. 3? Yep, 25. Something about a young team. They're hungry. Greg Buckley, do you see any reason why a rebuilding New York Rangers team should not deal a 30-year-old pending UFA Zuccarello other than being a fan favorite? Leadership. Well, yeah. Next question. The Rangers needed somebody to kind of teach the youth, and we thought these are not rapid fire. And and obviously, Kovalchuk went to uh, to the L.A. Kings for an enormous three year, six and a half or six point two five million dollar a deal a year. A year year longer than they should have done. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but that's the reason. You keep Zuccarello for leadership. You keep him to kind of show the kids what it should be like. Um, you know, you need somebody it, to learn y- from. You and know what? Not a better. Henrik Lundqvist
1: needs a goddamn friend. Is another reason he does. You, you know, Kostoff and
0: y- Buchnevich can become friends now. Lundqvist needs a friend.
1: Lundqvist needs someone to be there, crying. I'm crying. I'm poor Hank. I want them to sign Joel Lundquist as one of those veterans to show
0: the kids how to one do of the veteran things. leadership. Listen, I'm here they, for oh, trying it's... to get Thornton or Vanek or David Perron over here in a one year enormous contract to you know have them come teach the kids and then play in New York for a while. And hey, you want to get your name on your cup on the cup? We'll uh, we'll trade you to a contender. But who knows if they'd be willing to do that? Mateo Blanc, favorite hot dog toppings? Got to go mustard, relish. Or pickles. I love that combination on a hot dog. Mustard relish is amazing. Mustard and pickle, I can get behind too. My wife I either do ketchup and mustard. She's a ketchup and mustard like a child and sauerkraut. God sour damn,
1: well, You said rapid fire, and I'm trying to be rapid fire,
0: and you keep interrupting me. I try to. And then. Uh, Still just dead. Where do you think Smith hard. slots in to start? I didn't the even season? get to answer Still. my hot dog. Still in the AHL? No, I think he'll be in the NHL. What, are Fuck you protesting himself. now? You're you're protesting?
1: Yeah, cursed. I cursed. I cursed at you. That's what I
0: did. All right, fine. I'll be Mike then. Um, I think Smith will play in the NHL too with Ryan Lindgren because I think Lindgren is the best prospect in the Rangers system. Awesome. You're wrong. Jake Lester, out of Hayes, Ladd, and Spooner, who do you see staying and who do you see them... Th- Uh, Sorry, this is a weird question. Who do you see staying, and where do you see them fitting into the lineup next season? I cannot read. That's what's weird. Um, I don't see Spooner as a long-term Ranger, but I would love to see him get more minutes and some time on the second power play. I don't think Spooner is going to be around. Vlad may be around. Hayes is going to be the 2C, because if the Rangers were going to trade him, they would have done it. The trade deadline might go. Or by trade deadline, I mean draft. Uh,
1: Vlad, 3C, but eventually ending up on the second line wing. Because they don't have any wingers and they need to put Filippito somewhere. Uh, VC, I expect to be put on a raft and pushed out into the sea. And whoever takes him, will will take whatever they can get. And uh, Spooner, I imagine they trade him for a guy named Forker uh, and upgrade to the far superior utensil.
0: Josh Zarkin. If a trade will be made, will it happen before or after Tavares signs? Also, the people on Reddit who bash the site can suck it. Best Rangers content year-round by far. Thank you, Josh. You're a nice Go guy. Oh, Josh. Um, Reddit, actually, we went and looked. They have not been mean to us in like a year and a half to two years. So I am They're going to be mean to jaded. us now, though. No, no, because we, we went off about them being mean, and they didn't. They didn't. They would have been mean then. So I uh, anyway, dare them to be a tra- mean to a you. The trade though. will happen after Tavares signs because the, only, the, the one thing that the Rangers could do, and I really think it makes a lot of sense, if you're going to dangle Hayes, and Brooks insinuated the Rangers may have to make a decision between Hayes and Zabanejad. If you're going to dangle Hayes. But why? You dangle Hayes to a team that lost out on Tavares. Like, maybe Toronto's not the best example because they're trying to sign Tavares to a one-year deal, like a max contract, but the Sharks, Vegas, you dangle him to those teams. Hey, you missed out on Tavares, you want in on Hayes, and you see what you can get. That's how you, you start a bidding war, like war dogs. I still
1: think Hayes ends up, if they do move him, I still think he ends up in Calgary, even though Dougie Hamilton got
0: moved. Okay. Johnny Goudreau. J. Mike, do you think the second-round goalie pick is an indicator that the organization has doubts that Just Yorkin will play in the NHL? No, I think. Nope, the I think it's because just... Gordy Clark is a silly goose. He's a silly goose. A goddamn goose. Um, They're,
1: they can't have the impression that no, I I is not uh, He's no given way. nothing but indications that he's going to be an NHL goaltender, yeah. and it's not just. Like oh maybe he could be a backup. No, he's an NHL goaltender. And it's if, if he ends here. up, if he ends up being a backup goaltender, it would be surprising. Like I yeah. like he's he is quite that good, and we he's don't want to get too crazy about hype. But this isn't a seventeen-year-old kid we're talking about. This is a guy who's playing against men in the second best league in the world and doing one hell of a job.
0: Sean Taggart. John J. Porter, Anthony Viola, Alex Gardner, John Reppy, Johnny Lowe, Alexander Ricard, Robert Courtney, Guy from Montana, Daniel DeGen, Eric Cohn, Matt Bader, 50, Tall Guy Robert. Tall Guy Robert. Tall, tall Guy Rob. Tall guy, Robert. tall guy Rob. I thought it was Robert tall guy Rob. time, but it's Tall Guy Rob. Fancy Lawrence. Oh, that's such a great name. Keith Fancy Franchillo. Andre Chicagoff, Chris Habibi, Danny Santiago, Gabriel Vargas. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm choking. James Dangles, David L. Singer, Grumpy Smokey, Scott Potash, Mike Offit, Chris B., Bob Kawa, Stink Fleeman, Arch Williams, Igor Zatlovsky, Zachary Zetlin, Dan Carozzi, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kepner, and Michael Silvers. Thank you all for donating. You guys are awesome. I
1: would have taken you all in the first round. Mm, I
0: See would not I have there, because Joe? none of you are actually NHL prospects.
1: Who said yeah, I was talking about an NHL hockey team? What the hell's wrong? You with said the about good You said the first round. Yeah, are How many drafts are there? Now? What first do you, of you all, think
0: you're going to have the ownership rights of people, of humans.
1: I've never bought a person like you have.
0: I I have I just simply made a deal, and he I, I did not buy against his will. I bought with his approval. A, s-
1: a simple yes or no. Have you purchased the ownership of another human being?
0: With his consent, yes.
1: That's not a simple yes
0: or no. The That's answer yes is or yes. No. And if you're not a patron, you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining. I thought this was a good, productive show, similar to the Friday drafting of the New York silly. Rangers. We, we were more emotional. Well, I'm sorry.
1: I never know how much silly to put in a show, Joe, because some well we this often to, hear to be too much silly, and then we hear the silly's the best part.
0: This is the first real like news show that we've had. Yeah, this is. We have stuff to talk about that we actually have things to talk about, and then next show we'll have July first, and um, yeah, it's it's gonna be, and then we'll get back to silly because there'll be nothing to talk about for all of the rest of July and August, so that'll be fun. Um, the Florida Panthers have a prospect, Logan Hutsko. Who Let's quote? Go. When I was younger, my be- my grandparents used to take me to Crystal Springs, and manatees were my favorite animal. A couple of weeks ago, I was browsing the internet, and there was a site where you can adopt a manatee, and I did. His name is Brutus. So Brutus is an amazing name for a manatee. That is my new favorite prospect. I want a manatee. You know what you are. Where's Mike? this website? You're a manatee. Say it. You're a manatee. I, I want You're a whale a and a manatee. Manatees and acorns. Are- a baleen whale. You don't even have teeth. You're just
1: baleen. Baleen is much like hair, Joe. It's, uh, I believe it's made out of keratin, uh, which well, is what our nails go. are made out of.
0: That's who you are. All right. Goodbye.